Hello, my name is James Pikeaway, and welcome to Calm 230 in the Summer, the podcast edition. In this class, we talk about the ethics of public speaking. We talk about citations. We talk about how to give credit where credit is due. And we also, we also talk about borrowing inspiration from others. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's where we're going in this class. It's lecture number three of my summer course, James Pikeaway. Calm 2.30 in the summer, public speaking and professional presentations. Enjoy. I really, really, really am excited about your first speeches because you're already doing great work. So here's the thing, and, and we're going to be doing a little talk today, one as usual. We try to talk every class. And as you know, I try to give some feedback and that feedback is not just aimed at you who are speaking at that moment, but at the entire class so that you can all think about, you know, speed, think about pausing after sentences, think about the way you sound, think about the words that you're using. And, and remember, you, you're looking at, as we're thinking, so get, get reminder notes. And what do you want to do with those reminder notes? Put them on a sticky pad and start, you know, sticking them all over the place. Stick them on your mirror. Stick them on the side of your bed. Stick them on your door. Things to remember, the core things, right? Number one, the number one core thing is you want to sound like you're talking with your audience. Not lecturing them, not talking at them, although the reality is you are talking at your audience but you don't want them to feel like you're talking at them. You want them to feel like you're talking with them. So number one is you need to sound personable. You need to sound friendly. You need to sound like you're having a conversation, not that you're lecturing. Two, two. Remember, it's or, this is an organized activity. Introduction and conclusion are those things that are set. You've got only four minutes, and that's how long you're talking for, ladies. You're talking for four minutes, not three minutes, not two minutes, not six minutes. No. Yes, four minutes. And so in the, the middle part of your speech, you're going to have points, point one, point two, point three, example, things that you're doing. But remember, you need to focus. You need to be thinking, okay, what, what do I really want to talk about? What do I really want to share? Third thing, write your speech as you, you make a, a written copy to start with and as you start working with your, your copies of things. Uh, I, I, we're seeing, someone's got their video on. So just turn that video off if I can. Can I turn off video? Can I, I'm going to stop their video. There we go. Uh, so the, the big question becomes, as you're organizing these things and as you start writing these things, remember you want to write your presentation the way it would sound. And this is hard because, and I, I don't, I mean, it's not hard, it's really easy, but you have been conditioned your entire academic career to write term papers, to write essay style answers. Now I'm asking you to write an essay style presentation to be said, not to be done in your head. To be said, not to be... It, well, that's a nice set of words. You're writing to be said, not to be heard in your head. Mm. Different words, different ways of saying things. So you, you want to be working on that. 
third, fourth, fourth thing. Practice, 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 and more practice and more practice. And go with that gut feeling. Do you think you're, do you think you have it? Have you nailed it? Does it sound extraordinary? Extraordinary, exceptional. That's what you're aiming for. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. That's not good enough. Good is not good enough for anyone. Very good? Eh, who wants to be very good? You want to be exceptional. So practice, practice. You can be exceptional. It's, this is not a hard activity. The first speech, so all these things coming together, no ums, no ahs, no buts, nice pause, vocal variety, start playing with all that, is four minutes. Keep that in mind. And it's really this story about you. Who, who is the real me? And it's, you're telling that story, but remember, it's an organized thing. You want it to be organized so that you get to the end and you, you, you give that nice pause. So who is the real me? I'm the cat lover. I'm the juicer. I'm the gardener. I'm just love podcasting. That is James. So think about how you put it together. And though that final bit is going to summarize what's in the middle. You can all do this. You're, you're all on it. And all I keep doing each class is adding some more things for you to think about as you're crafting what we're doing. So before we get started, does anyone have any questions, anything they want to say, any observations, any, any, any fears at this point as we start into our seven-day countdown to our first speech? Anything, anything, anything? Just turn on your mic if you've got something you want to say and jump in, please. Anyone have anything they want to want to say? Anything? Questions? Queries? Comments? The speech will be on Zoom, yes. So th this is the other thing. So Shama is asking, yeah, exactly as, as you talk with your microphone, you're not going to turn on your camera. You're just going to do it with the, the, the verbal portion of what we're doing. So you will do it through the Zoom machine, uh, so to speak. Yes. Now, here's the thing, ladies. You need to do yourselves a favor. You need to do yourselves a service. This is an exceptional scenario where we're doing this class in the summer in a Zoom context online context, virtual context. This is an exceptional situation. This is an exceptional situation where you're not necessarily being seen. That is not the reality of the world you are going into. You will be seen the majority of times when you're doing presentations, whether they're in a workplace, whether they're at school, whether they're in some form of... Uh, internship experience, the majority of times, once you leave this context of, of your education, you will be seen. You want to practice your presentations with that in mind. You want to practice it standing up because you will not necessarily be doing your presentation sitting down once you leave this course and you don't want to have wasted this great opportunity. Second of all, gestures, hands, you want to be thinking about how you're using them, what you're using them for. And they're very important as you're talking. 
And when we start thinking about these, these things, I call them our, our, our human PowerPoint. In the normal case, when people are talking, they're doing all this. And you've seen people do that as they're talking. If we were in the class, we would spend a lot of time getting you to not use your hands. So you want to start thinking about how are these things being used in the context of what you're saying so that people can hear it because these things amplify what's coming out of your mouth. So you want to, you want to start putting some effort into thinking about that. And possibly when we do get back to campus in the fall, you're going to want to drop by the office and we can, or maybe we can do a, a lunch hour uh, sort of refresher and, and key in on using hands and gestures because that's a whole big part of presentations and a lot and they, they you don't want to mess that up but back to shama's question yes we're going to be doing your talk on zoom which means you really need to be thinking about vocal variety you really need to be thinking about the organization you really need to be thinking about sounding personable because we're going to hear it and and that is huge as we move forward so my question would be when you, when, so, in, and we'll use Fatma as the example. I'm not picking on you, Fatma. But my question would be, you want me to review your speech, the written thing, which I'm more than happy to talk to you after class and, and you can, you can say some of it. Let's hear, let's hear what you're doing. Which, what part of what you've done, and this could be for any of you, because we all have doubts, what part of what you're doing are you concerned about? Which part don't you feel comfortable with? Where's the area that you don't trust? Where's the area that you think, oh, I'm not so sure? Because if you say, well, I'm not sure about the whole thing. Really? That's, that's a lot. So what's, what's the particular part? Like maybe the introduction, you love it. Maybe you love the conclusion and maybe you love one point, but maybe you're not sure about how you're getting from points. That becomes the thing. So we, we can talk after class. You can, you can do a little bit for me and let's, let's hear where it's going. But honestly, if, if that's what you're thinking, then it's not well organized. Trust yourself. You are, the, you are all the best judges of your work. And I don't mean when someone says, oh, I think this is awesome. And then I say, ah, it's only okay. It, it almost never works like that. It, it truly, when you hear the way you're doing it and when you put it together, the, often what happens in this first speech as you're, you're putting it together is you're trying to do too much. And that, that usually is where we go. But remember, you're aiming at four minutes. So is it that you're trying to cover too much territory? Is it that, you know, too many things? Is it that you're not talking enough about the specifics? Those are all the things we need to think about. And you, and you just need to be brutally, brutally honest with yourself. That's the key to a great speech is you need to be your worst critic until you're going, you know what? This is a great speech. This is really a great speech. After you've done it a little bit, you've tweaked it. And that's the whole idea of the practice. It's not just practicing for the delivery. It's practicing for the content. So as you're doing, you're going, that doesn't make sense. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Oh, I don't like the flow of that. I'm going to change this. I'm going to, that's what happens in the practice phase is it's a constant re-editing until you're getting it exactly where you want it to be. So we can, we can have a chat, Fatma, after class if you want to go, go through some of the portions and, and give me an idea where and what you're talking about. I, I think that's much easier. So then, then let's move forward really quickly. Just uh, let's, let's jump into where we want to go today and where we want to head today just to get ourselves you know, into the zone is we want to talk a little bit about, well, I, so what I've done is I've loaded, uh, I've asked you to go and look at two, two of the chapters 
in publicspeakingproject.org. And those chapters are chapter three and chapter eight. Really, we're only going to look at chapter three today. Chapter eight is the organizing, how to organize a talk and how to put it together. Essentially, what we've been outlining. And I think that's really important as you start this process. And again, a week today and over the weekend, you're going to want to do a little bit of work. So the big question is, how much work do I need to do at a time? Totally up to you. It depends how focused you are on these things. I often say, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there is perfect. Get yourself into it. Do it for 20 minutes. Get yourself, start thinking about the organization and get out of there. Remember, it's a four-minute activity that you're actually performing. You're putting on a four-minute show for us. So you just want to, don't get yourself burned out about it, but you want to be able to have those ideas fresh. And, and like writing a term paper, outlining what you want to do first with your speech is hugely beneficial to you to give you an idea where you're going to give you an idea what you want to do so that's chapter eight of publicspeakingproject.org's written material and we will actually be talking about that next class but you've got it start looking at it start thinking about it because you're going to be using it what we're going to talk a little bit about today is some of the ethical sides of things and a little bit about using citations and other things proof for what you're saying in your speech our first speech probably has less of that involved in it the informative speech the persuasive speech the motivational speech the last three have much more of a need for additional materials uh, proof citations things that you will use to support you and give you more credibility in what you're saying. And that becomes really important. And again, how we use those things. So that's that's where we're going. And that's what we want to have a little chat about today. And, and again, it's, it's good to be thinking about these things. Of course, keep them on your mind and keep them, keep them, keep them front and present. But the first thing we want to do is we want to we want to go back to the never-ending questions about how do I get myself relaxed? Now here, and, and how do I de-stress before I'm gonna do any presentation? So as I was just saying with Fatma, you've got to be happy with what you're gonna talk about. This is the number one thing. You've got, and when I say happy, I don't mean that the topic's happy, but I mean you're happy with what you've put together. Have I put enough time into it? Is it clear? memorizing what you're going to do in a four-minute presentation is not going to make you happy. It's going to give you a memorized product. You're inevitably going to lose track of where you are. You're inevitably going to have to start again. That will just make you more stressed. That's just going to make you more nervous. You don't. That's not the way to do a great speech. The way to do a great speech is to know your speech. And there's a difference between memorizing and knowing. Knowing is when you go past that memorization phase and when you lose your spot, you can take a look at your, your note. Okay, there, that's where I'm going. And you can carry on. That is where you want to get to. And inevitably, I've used that word a lot now, that's four times. When you know your speech, it sounds more natural. You can bring in that feeling. You, can you might change elements as you're doing it because you go, oh yeah, I know that. This is where I want to go with that part. The only two parts that you don't do that with, so the, the core of your speech is something that you know, the introduction and the conclusion, you want to have those firmly implanted in your brain. 
So memorized <laughs> because, but they, you don't want them to sound memorized, but you want the introduction memorized so that you get started. And as you get warmed up, you get into the flow and then it just starts going. You want the conclusion memorized because what happens if you've been doing your speech at home? Yep, yep, yep. It's four minutes. It's going great. And then you get into our Zoom room a week from today and you start doing it and you realize it's three minutes, 30 seconds. I still have a point and a half to do. But you can't because you're going to have to cut it short so that you can just kind of go and hit into the conclusion and the nerves don't kill you. So that is, that's really, really important. And that's why you want to be practicing this. Don't just, and this is the other thing, ladies. And I know you're saying, sir, come on, really? No, really, really, really. When you're practicing, film yourself, record yourself for you, but so that you can see what you look like, so that you can see your face you can see what sounds your mouth is making as you're saying things so that you can re-listen to it after and say to yourself, okay, not are you happy with your voice, but are you happy with the way the show is coming together? And if you aren't, then you got to do more. I mean, it's that simple. As I've constantly said, and it comes back into our ethical side of things, you do not want to steal other people's words. So you know as well as I do, you can go online. There are thousands of speeches out there that you might say, oh, that's a really good speech. I'm going to use that speech. Don't do it. You could be inspired by another speech, but it's your own speech, your own words, your own ideas. Don't steal someone else's speech. That's theft. That's morally corrupt. That is illegal on all sorts of ways. Don't do it. Just do your own work. But... If you're watching a great TED Talk and you see the way they're doing something, if you're watching someone else or listening to someone else in our class and the way they're doing something, the way they have that flow, instead of it being a checklist of doing like this and talking in a robotic style and talking, but if you hear that they've got that lyrical flow, they sound nice, you can hear, their, you can hear the smile on their face. You can hear that pause that they're taking. You can hear the sincerity in their voice. And you might go, wow. Miriam does that really well. Well, then borrow Miriam's, I borrow, not her, not her words, but the way she's doing it. Say, you know what? I'm going to try and mimic the style that Miriam has. That is a good thing because while Miriam might do it in one way, Asma's going to do it in another way. Fatma is going to do it in another way. If you all try to do the same style, it's going to sound different and you're going to bring your own piece to it. But that, 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 piece of the delivery might actually build on what you're doing. So that is okay. Stealing the words, not okay. Stealing the style, embellishing the style, trying the style, importing the style into your what you're doing, that is okay. And I highly recommend you watch talks and say, oh, how did she do that? Or I really like that thing and see if you can't bring that into yours. Remember, a big piece of what we're doing here is trying to get rid of some of the old habits that we have, some of the old ZU presentation habits, and just make them better. Our end goal, what's the end goal? We want every single presentation we do to be delightful. We want it to be entertaining, informative, educational. We want it to be like a TED Talk. That's the goal. It, it, every talk should be a TED Talk. Why they're not, people are lazy. That, that, that's my, my take on it. Okay. So, right from the beginning, 
What do we need to do? We need to get ourselves relaxed. How do we do that as we're getting into things? Think about all the things that you do that you get nervous about. We've talked about this before. I'm really big on breathing exercises and that's sometimes that's just sitting in, you, you can see me, you're, you're wherever you are, so I want you to follow along. Maybe it's just 10 times in through the nose. Big long breath. Everyone do this. Big long breath. Don't, and, and don't think I'm not gonna, I'll sense that you're not doing it. You, you'll get away with it now but I will sense that you're not doing it. And, and again, <laughs> this is for you. You're only going to get better by doing these things. I already do these things and I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. So anything that's going to help me speak better, I give it a try. And if it doesn't work, then I get rid of it. And if it does work, I take it on board. You need to be thinking the same way. So how do I relax? 10 deep breaths. And if we were at school, we'd be walking around the halls right now. So, you know, my, my favorite, who, who knows where my favorite place to practice public speaking is with students? Does anyone know? Just, uh, does any, anyone have an idea? Has anyone ever seen my class take place at Zayed University? Where's my favorite place? The gym. No, I've never used the gym to do talks. Although I did do an exam in there once. No, that, but Maha, that's a good, very good idea. Now I'm more public. Where where would be my favorite, absolute favorite place? In fact, if we were in ZU today, we would be doing the talk right there. Blue Atrium Auditorium. Oh yeah, we do do. I love using the Blue Auditorium. I love the microphones. Microphone. I've got one right in front of me now. Uh, no, that's not where we would be. Where would we? Where would be the best place to practice and to help us get rid of it outside? Yes, outside the class. Where outside the class? Food court. Oh. That's a good idea. A little noisy. No, no, not usually. Atrium. Sometimes, but not today. Where would we be? Where would be? Who's got another guess? Who's got another guess? Atrium is a good one because I do spend time in the atrium. It's really noisy. Outdoors, sometimes. In front of the elevators. E-wing, D-wing, B-wing, C-wing, A-wing, D-wing, E-wing, B-wing. Out and right in, so you know where the elevators where they open up. You, I know you can you remember in the elevators the button. Oh yeah, those doors and their stairs. We would bring all of our chairs out. We would sit them against the wall, and you would talk in front of the elevators. Hopefully, a busy hallway where lots of people would walk by. So, <laughs> why? Because there's two things that are that we need to start programming ourselves with, and this is where again it's a little bit more difficult in a Zoom situation because it requires you to put in some of that effort, whereas I can't force you into the effort. But one of the things is you need to get yourself into a zone where you're relaxed and you care about what you're. You know, you you just think about you because when you're speaking, all that matters. Remember, you're trying to de-stress. All that matters is that you're in the comfort zone, that you're in a place where you kind of go, I can do this. Or as it says on my slide, you got, you got this. And that's all that you're trying to get yourself. You're trying to get your brain into the, the, the area where it says, you know what? I, I've practiced my speech. I know my speech. I know myself. I know I've got some little tricks up my sleeve. I'm going to use some vocal variety. You know what? It sounds really good. I'm really impressed with myself. I can do this. I can do this. And so you want to get yourself into that position where you can do it. And you want to get yourself into the position when everyone is looking at you, when you know that you've got 19 students listening to you, that you don't get yourself freaked out. And so I really love us being in a situation where what we're doing is us delivering this product and things that get in the way, things that, it, that interrupt us, doesn't really matter because I'm doing my thing. 
So how do I, how do, what's one of the ways to start de-stressing is I want you to do a little, try a little breathing exercise and see how it works. This is classic yoga. If you do yoga and you do breathing stuff, then you know this, you've, you've been, you've been doing this. You want to start incorporating some of that into your own routines. And this is the other thing about public speaking. Public speaking is a routine. The more you follow the same routine, so you have the same pattern for every speech, makes it pretty easy. You use similar tools along the way with your voice, with your pauses, with your hands, with your head, with your body as you're talking. Because remember, body's a big part of it too. Not in this context, because we're on Zoom and I don't see you, but you see me. But you see that I'm doing a lot of things. All the same stuff I'd be doing in the classroom. And it's all a pattern. It's all the same kind of things over and over and over. So they become very much part of that process. How do we get ourselves into that process? What's the warm up? I like to call it a warm up. What's my warm up? I start off with some deep breaths. So we're going to take we're going to do 10 deep breaths. So I want everyone to participate and I want, we're going to see if we feel any different when we're done. So again, closing our eyes. We're going to breathe in through the nose. And we're going to breathe loud out from our mouth. Then we're going to do it again in through the nose. Out through the mouth. Close your eyes. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. I don't, and you want to make the noise. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. One more time. In through the nose. Really deep, right into your stomach. You want your stomach to kind of go out. Not your, don't breathe into your, your chest. Breathe into your stomach. Out through the mouth. Again, deep breath in through the nose. Hold it just a bit. Out through the mouth. Relax your shoulders. Give them a, give them a little roll forward. Take a deep breath. Out through the mouth. Roll the shoulders backwards. Deep breath. There we go. Now I want you to stand up. Okay, let's stand up. Here we go. Everyone stand up. Let's just do this. There we go. Stand up. And I want you to shake your hands by your side. Shake your whole body. Shake your hands. Shake your shoulders. Hey, 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 hey. Everyone up, everyone up. And, and who was in bed there? Was that Fatma Muhammad or Fat, Fatma Ahmed? Fatma was in bed. Everyone stand up. Stand up beside your bed. I want you to shake. I want you to shake. Shake your hands. Shake them all up. Yep, this it. do this. Shake, 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 shake. Especially your hands. Especially the hands. Especially the hands. Shake, shake, shake. Shake the hands. Ladies. 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 Up, 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 up. Shaking your hands. Shake, shake, shake. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Shake. Shake them, shake them, shake them especially, you know, shake, shake your whole body. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. That's it. If dancing works, dance it. Okay. Now I want you to stop and sit down. All right, let's stop and sit down. Stop and sit down. Stop and sit down. Take a deep breath. Ah, roll the shoulders. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? You want to get yourself just kind of warmed up. You got to do what you got to do. There we go. Lazy. That's good. You want to feel a little lazy. You want, you want your body to be relaxed. You want it to be ready to go. You want it to be, okay, here I am. I'm ready to do this. Uh, and, and 
I, I find I, I, I kind of shake my hands. I move them up and down. Now, I like to walk around, and you'll often see this if you're outside the, a classroom or something. People might be walking up and down, and they're doing that. The biggest problem you face is when you're doing these kind of things, you think, oh, people are going to be laughing at me. I can tell you for a fact, no one laughs at you. They're just kind of going, huh? Who cares? I, and you know what? If someone wants to laugh at me, let them laugh because I'm going to be doing the best talk of my life and I need to be in the zone so I do I, I think you know you, you kind of get into that room you get your, your body limbered up because speaking is a whole body activity as you're using your hands as you're putting on the show as you're talking as you're putting it all together it's a whole body activity you need to feel ready to go now what I also do is I tend to also let me see if I've got it here I also I'm, I'm a big fan of using a little bit of uh, music when I'm doing a talk. Uh, not in the talk, but just to get ready for the talk. I, I love to use a little bit of, of music. Let me see if I've got... And this is... I always use the same tune or same set of tunes when I'm going to, to do those talks. And... This is my go-to speaking. If you can get me out of here, you can have your So, <laughs> that tune is what I typically play every time before I go and do a talk. Even in my office, before I do a class, I usually play that tune. As I'm walking to class, I'm playing that tune. And then when class starts, and you can hear it, it's, it's loud, it's, it's obnoxious, it's moving, it's... And then if I'm doing a talk, they are introducing, and next up we got James Pikeway, professor of, of communication at Zide University. He's going to be talking to us about media literacy. Please welcome to stage James Pikeway. I take off my headphone, I get up on the stage, I'm on fire. Yes, uh, Taya is saying, should we, should we do these warm-up things before we present? Yes, I think any time before you're going to get up and talk, get you need to get yourself relaxed. You need to be, t if you know what you're going to do, you're comfort comfortable with it, you need to be thinking, hey, I got to breathe a little bit. I got to move around. I got to do my 10 minutes of just getting myself into the zone. I even like sometimes just sitting and I take my fingers just very softly. And if you do this, and you can do this right now, put them on your eyes. Don't push hard, but just put them on your eyes at the corner and stop your eyes from moving just softly. And if you do that for just about 30 seconds a minute, <gasps> do you ever feel rested? Don't press hard. You just softly stood because your eyes move a lot and you'll feel them. They're going <laughs> everything and anything that I can do to give myself an edge in speaking. I want to do that's and, and all that it, that matters is I need to be at the top of my game for four minutes as I deliver this content that I have put my heart and soul into. Four minutes of awesome. That's all I have to be. So I need to be relaxed and, I, I, and I, like yourself, everything and anything you can do to get into that zone, you need to do. Now, here's the thing. What I'm describing is some of the things that I do. 
there's a lot of overlap and what I do is going to work for you, but there are also going to be things that simply just work for you. And so you want to, if you know those things already, you want to start using them. You want to start building them into what you do to make your presentations simply the best. And so that's, you know, so that's what you need to do. So what we want to do, what we're going to do is we, we want to just go right around again. Let's go around the class very quickly. We've got, um, we're going to go Fatma, then Asma, then Ur, then Rauda, then Hind, then Hind Rashid, then Taya, then Fatma Muhammad, then Aya, then Bakita, then uh, Metha, then uh, Miriam, and then Maha, and then Watia, and then Rauda. We're just, we just want to go around really quickly, 10, 15 seconds, give us an idea what you do to relax. What do you do? What's, what, what are your go-to things for you to relax? All right, ladies, here's what we want to do. This is, this is good. So all of these things, as, as we're saying, all as I'm saying, all of these things are pieces of what you want to be thinking about. And it's all about you getting yourself into that zone. So you know you've got a speech to do. It's coming up a week today. You know that's going to have an introduction. You know that's going to have that first point. So what was I like when I was young? Or what am I like at school? When I start school, what am I like at the middle of the day? What am I like at the end of the day? That's me. You know, it can be that simple, but you want to have those three points. Three points. Why three points? It's a, it's a nice organizational feature. And it's if you do everything in that, whether it's a 40-minute speech or whether it's a four-minute speech, you organize it that way, it really offers you a container to put it in. Each of those points that you're going to have either has a story or an example or, or a couple of those that go with them. And then you want to transition. You move from one point to the other point so that there's a logical flow. One of the things you don't ever want to do, and this is hard, this is really hard, you don't want to rely on the idea that your audience who's listening, including me, is going to be able to remember or figure out anything that you're talking about. I know. You're all intelligent. I like to think I'm intelligent. Do not rely in any recess, any part of your mind that anyone listening is going to be able to figure out what you're talking about or connect anything you're talking about. This is a huge mistake people make. They rely on the intelligence of their audience to figure out how it all goes together. Don't do it. Tell us everything you want us to know and how things relate. Tell us. If you do that, everyone is happy. And at the end of your speech, when you come to your conclusion and then summary statement, everyone knows what's going on and they go, oh, it's an awesome speech. Remember, it's 90% how you're doing it. 10% of it is that really that content. It's a really important thing. Don't rely on people figuring it out. So what we want to talk about for the next part of the class is we want to go through just some of these ethical considerations. But I'm very mindful of the fact that I talk, 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 talk. So what we want to do is we want to take a seven-minute break. So it's 9.52. Let's take seven minutes. Okay, let's come back at 10. Let's make it a little, you know, a little bit more. We'll come at 10 o'clock. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to 
go to the washroom, go get a glass of water, get up and stretch. At 10 o'clock, come back. We're going to talk really quickly about some of the ethical considerations in speaking and things that you want to do as you're putting together a speech, things that you want to think about. Got a couple pieces I want to show you. And then we will have a, a quick little chat as well. We're going to get you to have a, a quick little chat as well. But we're, we're literally going to take just a, we'll, we'll come back at 10 o'clock. So let's, uh, let me stop everything and I will see you at 10 o'clock. Okay. So welcome back to the class and let us jump into where we want to go for the next little bit. So again, reminder, Again, reminder, as you're thinking about your presentations and as you're thinking about what you're going to be saying, and especially as you're, you're writing out your speeches, because it, you write out a speech, everyone does this, but think about how you're going to say it. Think about where you're going to put the pauses in. If you're writing out your speech, do it in a big font so that it's easy to see and think about is this the way I would say something versus is this the way I would write something? And I think that becomes the important part as you're, as you're doing it. So you want to be very mindful of how you're putting that content together. And, and think about, does this make sense? Remember, as I said, coming out of the last section and back into this section, do not rely on anybody being able to make sense of what you're saying. So if you're going to talk about you and you're going to talk about the story, tell them, tell them, connect the dots. If there's anywhere where you're going to say in your speech, in any of the speeches, they'll know what I mean. They will get this. They will understand. As soon as you say those words in the back of your head, that's a mistake. Because that means you need to add one more sentence to explain what you think they should know. Because people will not necessarily know it or know it like you intend them to know it. Remember, that's encoding the idea and decoding the idea. You're encoding the idea with all of your experience saying, everyone knows this. And then the person decoding is going, I wonder what exactly they mean. Do they mean this? Do they mean that? So make sure that you spell everything out, how things connect, why they're important, why you think it's important. Repetition is always good. And you want to make sure you do that constantly. And if you do that as you're doing it, it makes the speech really easy and very comprehensible and very understandable to your audience. And as soon as people can understand what is being said, then everyone's happy. And I think that's the key. You want to be happy. Your audience wants to be happy. If everyone's happy, then you're, you're doing great work. You... As you're creating a speech, you've got your ideas. You obviously, there's lots of people have been presenting things. You're going to hear other people presenting. You're going to have watched speeches. You're going to have looked online and, and heard things. You need to really guard against copying anybody else. And I think that's, that's really important. You need, to, you need to guard against taking someone else's material. And, and I, I know, I know. You're, you're not going to do that. But it's a challenge because it, it sometimes you're in a rush and sometimes, and, and I'm not saying that you ladies would do that, but I have known students who have done it. Don't do it. The dead giveaway when someone uses too much of someone else's material or someone has 
plagiarized a speech is typically the examples don't work. The stories don't work because your stories need to apply to your audience and your audience is you. So here's a great example of that. I had this student who did an exceptional speech. She was a phenomenal speaker. She did an exceptional speech and it was brilliant. And she got an F because it wasn't her speech. And the dead giveaway for this speech not being hers was as she was talking, she was talking about student life and she was talking about student life on a university campus and she was talking about some of the challenges for student life. So fine, I, I mean, I get that. I mean, there's lots of challenges. If you were to think about the challenges of, of student life for you on ZU campus or in a virtual context, you could rhyme them up. And of course, you would relate them to your experience. Maybe it's the commute from Umal Quain, or maybe it's uh, Taya is in uh, Abu Dhabi. So I don't know what part of Abu Dhabi she's in. So I don't know how long it takes for her to get to campus. Maybe it's if you're in Dubai, how long does it take to get from your home to campus and the traffic at the, the Alain Junction, etc. So this lady that I had, she, she was awesome, great speaker, got an F. Because she starts telling us all about student life and she starts talking about, well, you know, the big challenge on campus is alcohol abuse, is unwanted pregnancies, is this. And I'm going, huh? I said, alcohol abuse is an issue on Dubai campus? Because I haven't really noticed that. And unwanted pregnancies? Yeah, really? I, again, and so what she had done is she had found a great speech online that talked about this and she delivered it masterfully, but it wasn't her speech. It was written by a student in the US and it was written about an American campus and American schools. Was it good? Yes, it was great. She delivered it wonderfully. Was it her work? No. Is that a problem? Yes. So you need to make sure you do your own work. And... Like I said, your own content, your own ideas, but in the delivery of it, if you, if you notice, I mean, I always say to students, and I'm saying it to you, I love pauses. I love dramatics. I love talking a little faster and then a little slower. I talk, I like, I like getting into the pause and, and talking a little quietly. So you're talking directly at your, your, your audience and they feel when you, when you talk normal voice and you're talking this and then you get, okay, now let's, let's talk about what's really important. As you get into that quietness, it creates that intimacy. That's what makes your talk really work. So using your ideas and building in that is what's going to make your talk spectacular. So if you say, hey, James does that pretty good. I'm going to try and use what he's doing. Do it. Anything that I'm doing in this class, anything that I'm doing as I'm presenting is fair game for you. If you can use it, take it. The words, those are mine. So if you're going to use my words, you need to give me credit for the words. But the way of delivering is fair game. And it's very important. And this is where what, what the reading talks about. And this is what the class at, at this point is talking about. Is you're constantly making this ethical dilemma. And confronting an ethical dilemma about what information you're going to include, what information you're not going to include, how accurate is that information, where did I get that information, and you want to be, as you're presenting a topic, whether it be in this class or the classes that you attend, other classes, you want credibility. That's what you're striving for, and credibility is not just your own personal experience, although in our first talk, it really is about you. 
the informative, the persuasive, the motivational, that's a whole different story. And you're going to want to add some credibility to that. How do you add credibility? Well, how do you add credibility in a term paper? You have research. You have things that you've sourced. You do the same thing in a speech. So if you're going to talk about pollution as a really big issue, according to the World Wildlife Fund, 40% of the world's oceans are consumed with microplastics that are infecting the seafood that we eat. So there I have now talked about microplastics, oceans, and it's not just me saying, oh, I heard that microplastics are an important thing. It's the World Wildlife Fund, good resource, has said this. Do I have to say that I got it from the internet and I got it from page five of this? No, we would do that in a text. But you want to let people know when you're using ideas, when you're using numbers, when you're using things that are not yours, that you have gotten from someone else, you want to let them know where you got it. One, because that's the ethical thing to do. Two, because that adds credibility to your, to your own work. And so it's not just what you're saying. Some other group also believes that and they're saying this. And that makes a, a very, that makes a strong research paper. That makes an even stronger speech. You need to avoid plagiarism. That's, that's the end of the day. You need to avoid it. You just don't do it. Use your own ideas, put them together, be honest to yourself, make it work. And I trust that you will do this. And, and, and I would say 99% of students do not go down that plagiarism path. If you're having trouble, get in touch with me. If, if, if I feel things are going that way, I'll get in touch with you. Just do your own thing. It's, it, it, now, here's, here's the reason why. Because look, let's, let's face it. Some, some folks can try and get away with plagiarism and we can get away with it for a lot of times before we get caught. But you're going to find yourself in a situation after graduation. None of you are graduating too long from now. You've only got a year or so or two years. Graduation is on the horizon. I know it might seem like it's a far way away, but it's not. You're going to find yourself in a position as a ZU student, and I, I can tell you I've, I've worked with a lot of interns. I've gone to a lot of internship sites. I've been at Zide University for 20 years, in case people are wondering. And, and you might be saying, how long has this guy been doing this job? 20 years I've worked at Zide University. I was here with the first graduating class. I arrived one year after we started taking students. So I've been at Zide University for a long time. And no matter what people say, when I go out to the community and I talk to folks about ZU and what you, you students are like and what you do, you have a good rep. And a lot is expected of you. And you might find yourself in a position where upon graduation, especially if students know that you've taken a course with me, they're going to say, hey, I took that course with James. I know what to expect because he only wants awesome. And they would say, well, if you've taken that course we need you to talk to a group of people who are coming in in five minutes about our organization. It's only a quick, only a quick talk, two or three minutes, but you're going to have to introduce them to the organization. I know you can do it. Go for it. Bye. And so you, you need to be able to do these things. And so if, if you're used to copying, you can't do it. And you're letting yourself down. So why would you? So don't, I want to just move quick. So I mean that, and again, inspiration is good, but don't take things from other people. Remember, and this is really important, again, going through these notes a little bit, remember, 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 the way you write to read it as a term paper and the way you write to say it as a speech are different. Word lengths, different. Sentence lengths, different. Uh, 
citation difference. So you need, this is, this is the challenge. And this is why when you're writing out your speech, write it and say it out loud. Don't do it in your head. And I know you're saying to myself, yeah, 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 I can do it. If we were, in fact, I usually take it a step further and I ask students not only to write their work out loud, and believe me, if you do this, you will save yourself enormous amounts of time in preparing a speech because you will, you will cut out a step of translating it into speaking, spoken word from written word by just writing it as you say it. My second tip is typically write your speech standing up because most of the time you don't do a speech sitting down. You do a speech standing up. And anytime you practice a speech, put your phone on or do it in front of a mirror, but put your, put your phone on and record it so that you have a recording of it. You can watch yourself and you can listen to yourself. Very important. Patchwork plagiarism, again, back to plagiarism. That's where you take it. Everyone's seen this. Take a quote from here, a quote from there, a quote from there, and put it together and make a paper. Don't do it. Don't do it. It reads terribly. Now, what I've thrown in are into our, our work here are just some things. And again, I've just borrowed these right from the text. So if you've read the piece on, on ethical stuff, you will have seen this chart on things that, that you want to be citing. Information you got from other people, information that you've gotten from books, information that you've gotten from a course. You want to make sure people know where it's from. If you've got words or ideas, and this is the other thing, it's not just words, ideas. Ideas need to be cited. If it's not your original idea, if that idea has been, uh, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Uh, cultivated, if that idea has grown out of something you watched in a movie, if that idea has grown out of something you've watched on the news, if that idea has grown out of something you've read in the Quran, if that idea has grown out of a conversation with friends and family, if that idea has grown out of something that you read in Instagram, you need to cite it. Not just the exact words, the idea. You need to cite it. Of course, if you're going to use exact quotes, you want to make sure they're cited. We're going to talk more about visual stuff. This speech is just words. There are no visuals. The last three speeches, we might we will throw visuals in. The first speech, no visuals, because we're going to talk about visuals. Because honestly, and this is a side note, the visuals that I see in presentations typically, not only from students, but from faculty, are awful. They're horrible. So if we're doing these things in presentations, we want to talk about how the visuals work, and we don't want to insult our people we're looking at or who are looking at our work. But so very just as this little, little chart is just that quick reminder of those things that you should make sure you cite and things that you you don't really need to cite. Now, here's the thing. Remember, what does a citation look like in a written text? And what does it sound like in a text that we're presenting in a speech? And the way a citation looks in a written text might be APA style. The way you cite it in a, in a speech is going to be according to Dr. So-and-so from the Mayo Clinic has done some research and in his research he is or she, her research she has talked about that so you want you want to build that around so that people know that it's the reason are you going to say what day they did the research on what page the research is done and what what journal you found the research not necessary 
not necessary in your speech. Someone will come and ask you after, but you want to make it clear that, that your talk about that research, your talk about that idea, your talk about that statistic has come from somebody else. That becomes really important. And so I've, I've also just cut out a little piece that, again, it's, it's not, I'm not saying in this little bit that talks about written and oral citations, this is the exact way to do it, but it gives you a reference. And again, if you have questions, get back to me. As you're working on that and as you're playing with it, your goal, your goal is very simple, ladies, and trust yourself. And I keep saying this because you, you've, you've had it sort of drilled into you that, oh, you're not good at writing or you're not good at this or your ideas aren't good enough. And it, so your ideas are brilliant. You got to trust yourself to make them coherent and make them understandable. But you can do that. So if you're having trouble with the, if, if you think, do I need to cite that or don't need to cite that? Ask, ask. After class is a great time. If you want to get in touch with that, we can do that. It's funny. I was I was thinking about this as I was getting a, a drink of water, and and found my at the very start of the class said, "Hey, can I send you my text?" And it's like, yeah, honestly, I don't want to read your speech. I want to hear it. So you know, voice message me. Send me send me a clip of what you're saying. But after class, just, you know, I'm, I hang around after class. Hang around after class, and we'll we'll talk. I'd love to hear some of your speeches if you want to talk about them. Uh, maybe it's going to be not till after the weekend. You want to get more practice. That would make sense to me as well. But if you've got questions about what do I need to cite and how do I need to cite them, ask. And that will serve you well. So just, but keep in mind that it's words, ideas, things that aren't yours. You want to make sure you give credit to the people who have come up with those ideas. That does two things. One, it makes you look better because then your ideas are supported by someone else's. And two, it makes you a very ethical speaker because you're giving credit to those people who have influenced your speech. That's always good. Always, always good. All right. The last thing that I wanted to do before we have a little talk is I wanted to share a part of a talk. And I really, so I, I really like using some of our TED Talks as we're uh, doing things here in class. Because I think in some cases, from my own preferences, and it's not here, okay. What I, what I, what I, having gone to TED, having been part of TED, having organized speaking things with Creative Mornings, which I, I do on a regular basis, in doing podcasting and things. My goal has constantly been, how do I embody this core idea of introduction, conclusion, three points? How do I embody that verbal skills, the, the verbal and nonverbal portions of a presentation that become informative, educational, and entertaining? Those are the three things I think we're always striving to do when we speak, be informative, be educational, and ultimately be a little entertaining in how I deliver and we deliver that content. Now, I wanted to play a part of this, and I don't know if any of you went and had a watch of, of this, the Megan Washington speech. So I'm going to see if I can put it through here on Zoom. It'll probably lag a little bit, but let's see what it does. Now, here's what I want you to watch. Here's what I want you to watch for, and I think it's always important as you start thinking about your speeches, do you remember that that sheet that I have? It's on the next class lecture and it was in the first lecture. That little sheet that has 
the the, the t- what you're talking about in your presentation, the introduction, the body conclusion, verbal, nonverbal stuff. That sheet becomes really important. And I think you want to keep that sheet around because you want to be thinking about how fast are people talking? Are they using vocal variety? How have they organized their ideas? Do they have that clear conclusion? What are the transitions? Transitions from one idea to the other. So not only are conclusions a big challenge for all of us, but the transitions, people are terrible at this or they just need to practice it more and they're not thinking. And this is when I said, you don't want to imagine that anyone can figure out what you're doing. You want to transition from one idea to the other and in the process of transition, a transition might be explaining, okay, where am I going next? Why am I going to this next place? Why am I going to this next idea? So you might say, you might be in, in the case of talking about what you did. So what, you know, you started school and what happened to you? What happened that you decided to come to university? And so then, so what took you there? And so you might say, so that's where I, that's what I did in school. So why did I come to Zide University? Let me tell you that story. That's a nice transition from what you did. Now let me tell you that story. So why Zayed University? Let me tell you my story. Perfect transition into the next part of why university education is important to you why Zayed became important to you, et cetera. What's important in our next... So all of those things are constantly there. How we look, how we sound, how we tell our stories, how much we tell about ourselves, et cetera. The show, all of that's there. Why I like this next talk is because this is a very personal talk. Rauda, you want to jump in? Is that a thumb up? Because you want to, you got a question. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Yes, uh, I have a question about yep. acquisition. Yeah. Uh, how how should we study, or what should we study? So, uh, the quiz questions are often kind of true and false orientated. There could be three or four of them. So, did you go? To, you want to go to the readings, and you want to correspond the the key points in the readings to the things that I talk about in class. So here's an example of a kind of question you might get. True or false, it is not important to cite sources for data used in a speech. True or false, 90% of what you do in a speech is content, 10% of what you do in a speech is show. True or false, practice is not important for helping to calm your nerves and to help create a great speech. Those are the kind of questions you'll be asked. Does that help you? Okay. Does that help? Yeah, thank you. So they're not hard. They're they're really looking at you taking in that stuff. So, you know, it would be very easy for me to go in here and and so kind of look at something like this, say um so, you know, you take a look at some of the, so I would, I wouldn't say, I would not say memorize stuff, but common sense prevails. Information that you've gained through uh, interviews, conversations with other people face-to-face or the phone or in writing don't need to be cited in a speech. True or false? That's the kind of thing I would do. Some of them are really, really simple. Some of the, and, and sometimes they're just kind of, you know, true or false Plagiarism is not a problem in a speech. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That's all that the quizzes are doing. It could be one question. It could be three or four questions. 
you want to go and take uh, a look at the readings. Do you have to memorize the readings? No. I don't think you have to memorize any of that stuff. What you want to do is use it to help guide you creating a better presentation, especially when we start talking about outlining. There's, there's some, some pieces in there that it, it's already available. You can see it. Go take a look. But that, that's the way the quizzes work. So are you paying it? So what's the real big thing? Are you paying attention in class? Does that, that material make sense? If you've got a question, ask it for sure. Ask it. But don't let stuff just linger and that's, that's the real goal of it. And, and in some cases, you might look at it and just say, you know what? This is an easy 10%. And, and honestly, it is. It is an easy 10%. And it's, it's always, always common sense stuff. So uh, just think about it. Does anyone else have a question? It's a good question. I like that question. All right. So, well, then let's, let's see if we can't get good old this 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 talk to work now here we're not going to watch the whole thing but i want you to think a little bit about a couple of things i want you to think about one what's she talking about so she's talking about herself i want you to listen to her tone of voice does she sound like she's talking with does she sound like she's talking at two is she reading her speech? Now, what you're going to notice, you can see it right on the picture. She has got right there in her hands. Let me just see if I can put it in here. Let me just do it. She has got her phone. And there is no doubt in my mind that on her phone are, is an outline of her speech and what she wants to say. But look at the way she's doing her speech as she's doing it. So you want to be thinking about, one, the tone... And two, how she's using that phone in her hand. Three, you want to think about how she's connecting things. How is she transitioning from one idea to the other idea? Fourth, think about fear. Think about fear because she's going to talk about that fear a little bit. So think about fear and how that gears into things. Think about the speed that she's talking. All of these things. So we're, again, we're looking at this and we're saying, okay, how am I organizing my speech? What do I want to do? How does this lady do it? Is there anything I can borrow from that? And sometimes when we're looking at these speeches, we also look at things and say, don't do that. Even a TED speech, there are things we don't want to do. And sometimes that's excessive hand movement and stuff that's just annoying. You don't want to do it. But in our case, let's think about some of these verbals. So let, let's turn it on. And we'll listen for about five minutes, and then we will we will uh, have a little bit of a chat and see what you think. Get your your take on stuff. So let's see if we can make it work. I didn't know when I agreed to. Uh to, to, to do this, whether I was expected to, to talk or to sing. But when I was told that the topic was language, um, I felt that I had to speak about something for a moment. I have a, a problem. It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm fine. I'm not on fire. I know that other people in the world have far worse things to, to deal with, but for me, 
language and music are inextricably linked through this one thing. And the thing is that I have a stutter. It might seem curious given that I spend a lot of my life on the stage. One would assume that I'm comfortable uh, in the public sphere and comfortable here speaking to you guys. But the truth is that I've spent my life up until this point, and including this point, living in mortal dread of public speaking. Public singing, whole different thing. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a moment. I've never really talked about it before so explicitly. I think that that's because I've always lived in hope that when I was a grown All right, we're going to pause it for just a second. Oh, that's a terrible face. Let's let's move up. There we go. That's better. So, what what's what is the challenge that Megan Washington has? She has a stutter. What's one thing you notice as she's talking? Now, she uses her phone a lot as that. It, 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 she, she keeps referring back to it. She keeps looking back to it. And this is, this is that thing that I want to warn you about as you're doing any presentation. If you have written notes, ladies, you will look at them. You're only doing four-minute speeches. Honestly, Maybe some a note that is outlined so that you know that you're on your track. You don't need to be reading a four-minute speech about you. Practice it, know it, have the outline. In case of emergency, have the written piece there. But if you have the written in front of you, you will read it. And a, writ, a, a speech that you read does not necessarily good, sound good and sound like something that you're saying. She's in front of a big audience. What do you notice about how she's talking to the audience? Does it sound like she's lecturing them? Anyone want to jump in? Does it sound like she's lecturing them? Professor, she was so boring. She's so boring. What's making her boring? Why is she boring? She's not eye connecting them a lot. She's like... Showing them that she's not nervous. Right. So she's talking a little bit slower. Remember, she has a stutter, right? Like she stutters big time when she talks. So imagine, and, and as she's saying, that this is not something I usually do. So I'm... Yeah, yeah. So that might be why she's talking pretty slow. And she's kind of telling that story because talking fast is is going to be... The thing now, now here's the thing. It's interesting because I got the impression she actually is making contact with this giant auditorium that she's standing in the middle of. I kind of thought she was looking back and forth. And what what I saw, and, and I could be wrong, she uses quite a bit of facial expression as she's talking. I think that that becomes an important thing to think about as well. But I, I like your idea that she she's not exciting. She's not throwing it out there at us. And. And that, for me, if that's if you're listening to this speech and you're saying she's boring, that becomes the big challenge for yourself as you're doing your own speech to say, I don't want to be like her. Forget the stutter, yeah. but the delivery system. 
I don't want to be like that. That's the gold standard of what not to be like. I, that's good. That's a really good point. And I hate the priest's uh, reaction, you know? That she's doing Taking that. your upward, up, down. You hate that. Yeah, I hate it. You see, because I like that in an audience. And, and I think when you're doing a speech to people and they can see you, you want to have those facial reactions as like you're talking to your friends because what the facial reactions do is they add another layer to your presentation. So instead of you just standing there, today I'm going to talk about me. I'm a really good person. But if you've got a little bit of smile and if you're moving your head, it's like, yeah, wow. With a smile, with a smile and being positive, energetic, it will be like more fun, yeah. more so, interesting. So that's, so that's something she's got to work on. Anyone else have anything to add at this point? We're one minute, 52 seconds in. Anyone have anything else they want to add? All right, let's, let's move forward a little bit more and then we'll come back to it. Um, I, 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 w I wouldn't uh, have, have one. I sort of live with this idea that when I'm growing, I'll have learned to speak French. And when I'm growing, I'll learn how to manage my money. And when I'm growing, I won't have a stutter and then I'll be able to public speak and maybe be the prime minister and anything's possible and, you know, So that, what she just did there, ladies, that is a great example of vocal variety where when I'm growing, I'll be able to do this. When I'm growing, I'll be able to do that. When I'm growing, I'll be able to do this. When I'm growing. So rep using repetition and repetition of a series of words, that can be very useful. And speeding up as you're talking. When I'm growing, when I'm growing, and then taking a deep pause and holding it just a little bit too long and then going into your next point that is no longer at that tone. That is a great example of vocal variety and playing with that things and playing with that element of a talk. Let me just show a little bit more and then I'll open up for more comment. So, so I can talk about it now because I've reached this point where, I mean, I'm 28. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm grown now. <laughs> and I'm an adult woman who spends her life as a, a performer with a speech impediment. So I may as well come clean about it. There are some interesting angles to having a stutter. For m me, the worst thing that can happen is m meeting an another stutterer. <laughs> Um, this happened to me. So here's, here's another thing. So we got vocal variety becomes important as you're talking. Stories become useful. And your stories become useful. Now, here's the thing, ladies. Ultimately, you, you choose how much of anything you want to tell, and you're in total control of that. But... Somewhere in the back of our minds, we say to ourselves, my life's boring. My life's not interesting. The things I do aren't interesting. The things that I do and think don't interest other people. But everything that you do interests other people. And that boring story, that by-the-way story that you have, the way you tell it and the way you link it together is going to inform your talk and is going to inform, educate, and entertain your audience. 
stories and examples that relate with you and to your audience are power in any talk. You want them. You want them and you want to explain how they link to things. Let's just hear her story a little bit and then we'll, we'll move forward. Me in Hamburg when this guy we met and he said, hello, m m m my name is Joe. And I said, oh, hello, m m m m my name is Meg. <laughs> Imagine my horror when I realized he thought I was making fun of him. <laughs> um, people think I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> People think that I've forgotten their name when I he hesitate before saying it. And it's a, it, it is a very weird thing because proper nouns are the worst. If I'm gonna use the word w w Wednesday in a sentence and I'm, I'm coming up to the word and I can feel that I'm gonna stutter or something, I can change the word to tomorrow or the day after Tuesday or something else. You know, it, it's, it's clunky, but you, you can get away with it. Um, because over time, I've developed this loophole method of using speech where right at the last minute, you change the thing and you trick your brain. But with people's names, you can't change them. So I, I just uh, stop that there. It, it, and it's, it truly is an interesting talk. And as she's going, the point is she's using stories and she's using those stories to help talk about herself. Do you care how she does that? I mean, it might not be that, that interesting to you, but hearing her talk about it and hearing her put it forward and the way she does that, you hear the audience is engaging with it. And we keep seeing pictures of the audience. There's a thousand people there. And that's your goal ultimately is to get your audience to engage. Can I get my audience to engage? Can I get them to feel what I'm talking about? And when they laugh or they clap or they smile or the class or it, where we're listening to them, if you're in a room and it gets really quiet, that becomes your, your indication that what you're doing is working. And that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to put together all of these pieces to say, huh, does that work? Can I make that work? Now, what's interesting at the end of this speech is she does, let me, and so we, we, we're still here. Let me just take it and see if it'll go to the end. Because at the end of the speech, she does an example of, and she does her nice conclusion, but then she kind of does what she does. And this is, this is her. This is her job.
time we'll, we'll kill all our bandwidth doing that. But the point being, she's a singer. So she stutters when she talks, but she doesn't stutter when she sings. And I think it's little bits that we take from when someone's singing and when someone's, what's, what's someone do when they're singing? They are putting on a show. All of the little bits in your talk matter. The way you pronounce a word, the way you hold that word, the way you hold the word, the way you repeat and hold the word all matter. And it's, it's jumping in and back and forth and, then, and, and, and saying, hey, I've got this story. Let me, share, let me share a story with you. And you pause. And then you, that is all what we're doing, not the ums and the ahs and the buts. And the, all of those pieces coming together become really important. What did, is there anything, and, and I encourage you, sorry, uh, I encourage you to go and watch her whole speech again and go watch it and listen to it and watch her face because, again, when you're speaking, ladies, this is an abnormal environment. Usually, you're going to be seen. And if you're seen, everything becomes part of your speech. The moment you get up from a chair, the moment you go to the front of a room, the moment you go to the front of a boardroom, the moment they say, and now, Rauda, the moment your, your speech has started, the way your abaya looks, the way your shayla looks, the way you stand, what you do with your hands, what you do with your face, how your voice sounds, what your shoes do on the floor, on the carpet. Everything becomes part of your speech. It's not just what you're saying. Everything becomes part of the speech. And you want to use everything because remember we talked about the sender-receiver model last class? Well, that sender, you know, encode, decode, we talked about the front of the class. Excellent true and false question. Is there, is it just one message that gets sent? No. We don't send one message at a time. So I'm talking to you, I'm sending a message, but you're watching me. So you're watching my hand. The, the words that I'm saying are registering in your head. What about the tone that I'm saying? Does that register in your head? If I'm using visuals, the visuals, they register in your head. So suddenly we've got the words, we've got the tone, we've got the visuals. Three messages being sent, and you want to make sure that all three of those messages correspond together. So if someone, if, if you were to say to me, James, how's your day? I'm having a good day. You're going to go, Really? Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, James, are you happy today? I'm very happy. You're going to be going, huh? But you don't look happy. Oh, I'm happy. But James, you don't look happy. I'm happy. So suddenly you're going, hey, I don't believe he's happy because his face is, and what does a person who's happy like? They might look more like this. A little bit, just a little bit of something. Or they've got a big smile, but they might have a little bit. But if someone's, are you happy? No. Are you happy? Yes. It's the same answer. Do I look happy? No. So your mind is going to say, that face doesn't look happy. I don't think he's happy. He's saying he's happy. So you want to make sure as you're putting together a speech that everything that becomes part of it becomes part of the message being decoded in the same way. Now, here's a practical example of that that is non-public speaking. How many of you have ever gotten a um, wedding invitation? How many of you have ever gotten a wedding invitation? 
It's a, it's a rhetorical answer, right? Every one of you. Give me a thumbs up if you've gotten a wedding invitation in the last year. You've been invited to a wedding in the last year. Anyone? Everyone? Anyone? Any, when's the last time you saw a wedding invitation? Okay, good. So, did the wedding invitation arrive like this on a piece of paper? Maybe it was folded like this, and you unfolded and said, oh, look at that. I'm invited to a wedding. I doubt it. It maybe arrived in a nice folder, a nice box. And what, what did you get? As you, as you touched it, it, it was embossed, and the letters were coming up, and maybe there was, it, it had some felt on it, and maybe it, you opened it, and it made a, as you opened it, there was a little bit of perfume that came out of it. And as you lifted out some, maybe there were some sparkles on it. And you had multiple things that were going on that are now starting to say to you, ah, oh, this is going to be a great wedding. Ah, oh, they really care about this. Ah, oh, they've invested a lot of money. Ah, oh, they've invested a lot of time. Ah, and you're now building a story around other things that have nothing to do with what it says on the piece of paper. Come to my wedding. Public speaking is exactly the same. We're constantly creating the meaning from what's being presented to us. And you as the speaker, you want to control the messages. And the messages are what you're saying, they're how you're saying it, and they're the extra things that you put up to build with it. So that becomes very, very important to us to make sure that we're using it to our advantage. And we're at the, we're at the start of the course. And so what we're, we're really, we're really concerned with is how do we sound and how, how is that sound coming forward? And the sound needs to be like you're talking with your audience, engaging with them as a group that you want to be around, even though you're talking at them, but you want people to think, ah, this is someone I want to talk to. I'm, enjoy I'm enjoying this conversation. There we go. All right. What we want to do is we are going to take another five-minute break. Five minutes, five-minute break. Come, or maybe six-minute break. So I'm going to give you an another chance to get up and stretch your legs. When we come back, promptly at 11 o'clock, promptly at 11 o'clock. We're going to go really quickly through this. Uh, a nice 20-second talk is all I want you to do. We're going to do a little 20-second presentation. You're going to do these. And our presentations are going to be, as we said here, let's just go back here. Our presentation is really simple today. Really simple presentation today. And that presentation is, here we go, what is your favorite time of the day? You're going to do a 20-second presentation to the class, maximum 30 seconds. What is your favorite time of the day? What time is it? Why? When? Etc. And you need a conclusion. So we're going to do a quick little chat, 20 seconds, that's all. Oh, great. Well, what, what he has already wrote it, but I'm going to give you a, a, a few minutes anyway just to get everything together. Give five minutes just to, just to you know, stretch your legs, get a, a quick drink of water. 11 o'clock promptly we'll start. Matia will be first up. So I'm going to let you get up. We're going to take a really quick break. We'll be back promptly at 11, and then we'll, we'll run through that really quickly. And then we can call it a weekend. All right. 
ladies, with that being said, go get a drink of water, go hug your mother, and come back. <laughs>